Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Book of Anger. I believe this is episode 19 on a beautiful February day on the 19th of February 2021. It's been a minute. A lot of things took place between uh, last time I spoke into the microphone and uh, now. Um, what do I want to talk about today? Perhaps my disappointment in loss of thought and humanity. Because first, I thought some frivolous wording, some emotional statement was pure result of age, like youth. Because I did that when I was younger, you know, I did hip shots. I said things I pro I regret today. Regret meaning I'm not dying from it. But now I know there's so many better ways of saying those very things. I could have said it better. I didn't have the knowledge. But watching people who are older than me behaving in the same manner as the 20-somethings do tells me that there's a kink in our cultural armor, decency, humanity. Because on one side, we're, we're cheering on, we're talking about how important human life is, how we're children of God, we're equal, we're we, we are created equal, we should be exposed to equal rights, equal opportunities, and uh, that's one side. On the other side, we have people who are just willing to dance on somebody's grave because they just disagreed with that person's work. So, I guess that concerns me that not just maybe if it was one of two people, I could chalk it up as, well, that person is sick. But it's there are so many people going to bat, going to bat to um, Justify a position where dancing on someone's grave is just fine and here are the reasons. And the first time I witnessed this in a quick, like, not first time, I'm sure I have witnessed it before, but the most prominent one that I can remember is when Kobe Bryant passed away. And the very day people were making fun of the situation. People were making cracking jokes about it. The, the, the rush to... I've talked about this before. So, and now, uh, this guy Rush Limbo died. And evidently, he's someone maybe I should study. Because he's a, he's a radio character. He had a voice. He had a platform. And he, he, he used his voice. And held on to his values. Do I agree with him? 
Probably not. I don't know. Like, probably not is just such a safe answer as well. Because by saying probably not, I'm just trying to cover myself. But as we speak, February 19, 2021, I really don't know much about this guy. First time I have heard the name Rush Limbo was... I want to say it was a Sam Kinison um, special where he makes fun of Rush Limbo or a comedian, a comedian at that caliber. And granted, I didn't speak English that well when I was exposed to those comedians. Um, I don't even remember the joke, but I do remember he was... People could make fun of him at that popular comic, comedic level. Now, my own worldview, everybody can be made fun of. So that didn't make Rush Limbo any special, any more special than the other people or characters comedians have chosen to make fun of. But the problem is... Celebrating someone's death. Like, I, I, I think about death a lot. I'm 46 years old. I'm dealing with my own midlife crisis, probably. Uh, most likely. Um, things hurt. Things that didn't hurt before hurt. And I immediately go to, okay, this is the one that's going to kill me. And I've had this happen to me several times before and most of the times these uh, aches and pains appear when i'm like on the top of my game because as we speak my life couldn't be any better there's there's food in the fridge we have jackets to wear the roof doesn't leak i have a loving family so and comes the regular paranoia that I may have inherited or developed later about losing it because I have lost many times. I have lost as failures. I have lost in regards to people getting up and uh, leaving, just leaving sheer reason of leaving town, not necessarily getting up to leave me. And then, of course, people have left me as well. That's a whole nother thing. And... And right now, like, I love my family. I love my girls. And uh, because these things keep hurting, I do feel, okay, this is the one that's going to take me. Essentially, I probably need a lot of yoga to relax my lower back and give myself a little bit more flexibility. But in all that, while I'm thinking about death, Watching people or reading people dancing on somebody's grave is so disturbing. And I'm not saying this that I am better than those people type of notion. I'm saying this because that's not how I was brought up. What I was taught, and maybe when I was little, that's the thing, right? When I was younger, I may have said vulgar things and done vulgar things. Um, when I was younger, where I had the, oh yeah, fuck that guy, attitude. Now, of course, I, 
sure, I do think about certain people and I can easily go, fuck that guy. But I'm, I never in my days thought about dancing on their graves. Because I was taught to, you got to even respect the enemy. You got to respect everybody. And I think that's how order is established. If whoever's at the helm uh, respects everybody, there's peace and calm that comes with it. Now, I'm not at the helm of anything. I'm at the, at best, I'm at the helm of my life. So I give it direction. I'm, I have the steering wheel. I can just, you know, drive it into a wall or drive it into a beautiful forest and windy, beautiful roads. And believe me, they're all windy. So it's interesting that in in a population that we can accept that. And it's interesting that we have not evolved from that. And I'm watching the people who would just go around, call people Nazis, constantly remind you of Holocaust and the, the oppression uh, during slavery. These are the people now choosing to uh, show this behavior. They want to dance on somebody's grave. I'm baffled. I am absolutely baffled by this because how can you, like, how, how, how do you pick and choose to, like, either care about a certain group and really celebrate somebody's death? What is this? What kind of, that's separatist, if you ask me. That's hateful, if you ask me. Because when I was little, I was terrified by the um, death penalty. The idea of death penalty was such a terrifying thing because just one example of someone being killed by some other people upon a verdict, but... In reality, that person did not commit the crime. And this is not necessarily a hate crime, just a glitch in the system leads these people to, to either to the tree or the electric uh, chair or lethal injection type of thing. And there's no recovering from that mistake. You can't just say, hey, this is a legal glitch. There's no place for you to say, I'm sorry to that guy because you killed that guy. You ended that life. So that's why the death penalty was such a terrifying punishment for me. And in middle school, I remember in literature class, it was our assignment to argue death penalty most of the class not because they're less or this that the other it was it was the culture we were like the eye for an eye tooth for a tooth idea and most of the class was for the capital punishment and now I, I was maybe you know maybe a choir of two or three people we were the ones who 
argued in this matter, like how terrifying it is just because there's a chance that you can make a mistake. You can totally make a mistake and kill someone innocent. And that that creates our uh, conversation to people having a chance to recover and redeem themselves because people some people do horrible things some people horrible do horrible things and some of them perhaps needs a lifelong punishment perhaps if someone has taken a life then maybe his life needs to be taken away and but the, the, his life meaning like he can be locked up for the rest of his life for taking a life. Let him think about that. And of course, there's so many ways people take lives. You know, it could be it could be as simple as at the end of a self-defense, you may kill someone. That day you wake up and you you have a nut. You don't have a single violent bone in your body but circumstances develop and you have to protect your family and you end up being the person who killed a person that calls for a completely different review for punishment i'm not saying put that guy for the rest of his life in jail but then going to dance on people's grave because you didn't disagree with that person's ideas lifestyle the way they went about certain things and uh, and then you want to dance on that grave it's I don't know if this is apparent to people but people who have lost Family members to violent murderers have forgiven the murderer. And this has happened more than once in our lifetime as well as in many lifetimes throughout human history. And yet, we're, there are... There are disturbing amount of examples of people exhibiting this behavior. It's not a one-off. It's not a one-off. So, yeah, that that's that's a little disturbing for sure. And. Uh, Sorry, I started kind of dark because this thing, like, led me to darkness. Why would people behave like that? Because that's my sport. I'm always curious about the reason behind a certain behavior. Can I make fun of it? Sure. I have yet found funny uh, of, of this. The funny in this. Because... Oh, it's, people are just so nasty from to one another. The other day I wrote, um, I wonder how many schools could have been built for the amount of resources that are 
being wasted, you know, over the like the FBI report, the Trump's uh, impeachment trials and all this other mumbo jumbo in the non-working government. And uh, someone said, we need to just educate the other half of the country and that will take a lot of money. And I said, on the contrary, we need to educate the entire country so we don't resource to hate just because somebody is thinking a little different than we do and could be completely the opposite of what we do. But what is it that we're not sharing? If you look at United States of America, from where I'm sitting, it's pretty honky-dory today. Today. Do some people want paybacks? Yes. Do I want payback? Hell yeah. There's so many things that I have not shared here that I would love to see payback. But this is what I learned at 46. Waiting for those that screwed you over to fail is a wasted life. It's an absolutely wasted life because all you're doing is you're just praying for that thing to get hurt one way or the other. And it's terrible. It's terrible. Now, at the heat of the moment, having such thoughts and just like going, oh, I wish something horrible would happen to this person. I think that's normal. But if you're clinging on to it for like decades, that's not good. That can't be good. That, and I know that it's not good via personal experiences. It is not. Decades of, oh, I should have done this or I should have said this about that one particular thing. And unfortunately, these are not being taught at school. These are the things that schools need to talk about. These are the things that adults need to convey to young ones. Speaking of hate, when the schools were still open, I went to Sebastopol to pick up my eldest. And uh, the drive from Sebastopol back to San Rosso after school hours is just seven, eight miles door to door. In eight miles, she managed to tell me seven different things that started with, I hate when, I don't like it when, this and that happened and I went meh. I finally said, look man, I really don't care about what you don't like. I really don't. It's not a fascinating way to attract attention. Tell me what you don't like. I can tell you what I don't like about you and I'm telling it right now. The fact that you're telling me things that you don't like back to back, I don't like it. And how many of us spend time in that zone just harboring those thoughts when there's a beautiful life to live? Especially when I started with like death, thinking about death, things hurt, and I think, all right, this is the one that's going to kill me type of death. And um, 
there's not enough time. There's not enough time, but the time we have, why can't we use it to produce something that's good for you, that's good for whoever is closest to you? Not producing things that's only good for you, but producing things that could help more than you. How often do we get involved with things like that to create something that's going to benefit more than just you? In our uh, time, very few. And those are the greats. Very few. That's what, that's what makes them great, I guess. Because they're the ones who are producing things that benefit more than Now, having said that, fuck the middle management. Don't thank them. Thank the owner of the company. Because middle management it literally does fuck all. There's no work. I can handle their problems. They can just do everything from, from home. I can, I can herd cats from home. Give me a laptop and a phone. And most of the time, I don't even need a laptop. Thank the owners of the company. Find out who they are. Send them a card. If you're working, if you're working for yourself, God bless you. Then good for you. You are actually creating an opportunity for others to come and benefit. You're sharing the wealth. That is what it is. Now, if you scale up and then you can just chill, you work that thing up to that point. Middle management just shows up. Middle management just shows up and then uh, dismisses the years of work anybody else has done before them. And then they leave. They go elsewhere to be middle management. Yeah, mid, mid, don't be anything middle. There's nothing fun in that, I guess. Maybe free money and golf courses. I don't know. I don't know. I don't play golf. Thus, I don't talk to many people who have middle management positions. I like being a worker. Even though I own my own business, I like being the worker there because it keeps me sharp. I'm constantly uh, solving problems and trying to get things a little better. Better as in like next time I go paint a new place, my approach is going to be a little different. I learned something from today. If you're hearing dog barks and like explosions in the background, um, somebody's setting off like large fireworks in the middle of the day because I guess it's Friday or they might have a sweet 16 party or maybe it's somebody's third birthday. My neighborhood celebrates and the dogs, of course, 
respond to this respond to this commotion and explosion it sucks no dog handles this explosions my dog oh my god what a wuss what a wuss i had taken my dog to a shooting range we were going to play uh trap like clay pigeons and shotgun game before i was done with my uh six shots in one location my dog had already chewed the leash off and headed to the truck that's how terrified she is when it comes to explosions um yeah it's been a long time trying to gather the thoughts of what else is going on did some house projects leveled the yard prepped it we had a fantastic Valentine's party. Uh, friends we knew came. Friends, uh, we made new friends because friends brought friends. Uh, my baby mama was here. It was beautiful to have everyone under the same roof. It was beautiful to see uh, my older daughter getting on with other uh, parents' kids that came here. We had a good time. It was It was heartfelt. It was good. It was good to hang out with humans. And which made me miss the the stage life. Being in front of people and uh, share ideas. See how they're going to react to them. When you're when you're when I throw a party, I'm more into serving then entertaining so i take care of make sure everybody's you know watered and fed constantly like do you need anything you need the jacket you need another drink do you need another plate of something i like doing that when i have people over but the stage time i do miss i do miss went to uh see a comedy show last week with sarah and it was fun everybody was funny it was good to see people and the how how a crowd responds to certain jokes all together. It was nice to see. Nice to see uh some of the comedian friends polishing their acts and just make it, you know. It was more effective. It was you know, because some of the people I have heard their jokes for a long time. For a long time. And uh, sometimes you end up saying, oh God, this joke again. Or sometimes you get a chance to witness a joke that you heard, say, six months ago. You're like, eh, eh, I don't know. But then now they worked on it well enough and they just do it. Boom, it gets the uh, crowd's attention. So that was fun to see. Um... It was just good to be outside and having dinner with my lady. Man, that felt good. That felt like adult. I'm not too much interested in just like... Like at my party, I didn't get drunk. It's not... That's what I'm into. I'm into the people. I wasn't too keen on getting drunk. Too drunk. Well, I've gotten way drunk when I was younger. Much younger. In my 20s. I may have 
a few blackouts in my 30s. In my 40s, I can remember just this one time. It was uh, before my baby arrived. I went to a Friendsgiving party. And because I was just like dealing with the house, the job and everything, I just kind of missed dinner and showed up to this Friendsgiving party uh, on an empty stomach. And all they had was beer and vodka. I don't drink beer. I drink Coors Light. I don't drink vodka. I like whiskey. But here we are. When in Rome, I just got into these uh, vodka sodas. I don't know if it was being away from the game for too long, having the empty stomach combination of all. I got really drunk. Ooh, really drunk. Super drunk. I got really, really drunk. And by the time I got home, I could not go to the bathroom fast enough to just like, oh, hurl my guts out. It was horrible. It was horrendous. And the following day... One of like the all-time hardcore uh, hangovers. I remember uh, my baby mama giving me shit all day while she was kind of nursing me to health. But like, oh my God, every day, every second of it, just giving me shit, giving me shit. Finally, I looked up to her and I said, can you please just shut the fuck up? How many times did I nurse you back to health all these times you get drunk and hungover? So, let me have this one. I don't make fun of you. Oh. She made me look like an asshole at the end of that one, too. Good one. Good memory. Good memory. Um, but, yeah. Like, in my 40s, that's the only one I could think of. Which was five years ago. I'm not interested in hurting the next day at all. You know, just a little, little, I had like a couple shots of whiskey. Hung out with the good folk. It was good times. The Salsa Orchestra is back. We are, uh, finally, we had an, uh, we had that breakthrough. Every band, more time we spent together, eventually something clicks. And saying that something clicks is such a cliche, but there's no other way to describe that because it just falls into its place and you never know when it's going to happen. You can force it, but you're running the chance of like breaking hearts. You can be a little too frivolous about it and it can take a long, long, it can just sound bad basically, but we were, were, we have been in an environment where a band of adults where everybody wants to do their best. We're, I'm not playing with teeny boppers. I'm not playing with people who see themselves as the star of the band. I'm playing with people who are who show up to play. And help the music at hand. 
And of course, with all that, you have to suck the embrace because initially when you first you're exposed to a song, you're just not good at it because you don't know the song. You don't have all the hits and rhythms in one place. And it's one thing you study it at home, but then how strong you are in the song really reveals itself when you're playing with the rest of the band and when they make a mistake, you go with them. That means you're not strong enough to hold it up. And then in time, all of you get stronger and stronger and stronger. And eventually, you really can have fun with the song. The song becomes a playground. Because it's just safe. Everybody's strong. And you can try things without fear. So this this last last rehearsal, the rhythm section really blended in, and we we uh, we really managed to play. We really managed to play really well, and the rhythmic value, because we're playing Latin music, the rhythmic value of things, it's not necessarily how exactly it is written on the page. I don't believe, one would argue this, but I don't believe that you can really write down how something is really played the, the what you're writing down the the transcription of something awesome is they're like notes they're not like notes you take when someone gives an awesome speech if you don't do it word by word but if you don't hear it yourself on paper that speech may not have the same potency as if you were to just listen to it live with the where the intonation is where the dynamics are and in where the cadence where the rhythm of the speech is and uh so we managed to just lock it in we managed to lock it in and we were just like jiving together and we were playing what was on paper but we were just adding every bit of ourselves in it and it sounded good and when things sound that good, the energy of the room shifts. And anyone who wasn't part of the rhythm section, um, they become fans of the rhythm section. That's when you know that you're doing it right. Because now your peers on the stage are listening to what you're doing and they're smiling. Because you're doing dope shit. And you're doing dope shit because you're getting along with the person next to you or either side of you just fine. And you're open to corrections. You're open to like, hey man, let's try this one more time. Do this over here instead of that. And uh, when everybody becomes giving, the beauty comes about. And... We reached that. We reached that at the last salsa uh, practice. I'm actually looking forward to Monday to go see all of them again. I hope uh, we were like we were just missing one person 
from the rehearsal. So overall, the entire band was there, and it was a good time. Good time. We miss our friend. Hopefully, he'll make it this uh, weekend. Um, we planned a trip to Seattle. We're going. We're going to Seattle. We're going to celebrate my mom's eighty-fifth birthday. Um. God bless her, man. She's doing it. She's like hard of hearing. This her vision is. Her vision is. She's legally blind. She can navigate in rooms and stuff, but her vision is not so good. Where she cannot read anymore. Because the letters don't... She can't read the letters anymore. So she's that blind. Regardless of the size of... Uh, glasses and whatnot. She can't do it. Um, she can't hear. She has hearing aids. But then... She she uses them voluntarily. So there are times we know that she tunes the world out. Maybe it's more peaceful that way at 85 I mean, I don't want to listen to people's bullshit at 46. Why would an 85-year-old want to be involved with people's bullshit? She's probably going, well, hey, I figured my shit out. Here I am at 85. Let them find their path. Unless somebody asks her opinion. Then, yeah, if you ask my mom the right question, she'll tell you anything. So, we're going to go to Seattle to see the family. Uh... We're looking forward to that. We're we're flying this time around. Last time we drove, we went uh, via Bend, Portland, and Seattle. It was a good time. This time we're flying. Quick trip. What else? Oh, my older daughter calls it the uh, the panda food. What do pan, 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 uh, pandas eat? They eat bamboo, right? Bamboo. And uh, I just got into this instrument called the ney. Ney is a bamboo instrument made out of bamboo. Supposed to be like picked at a certain time. Needs to have, you know, nine sections evenly spaced. And... Uh, it has like a little mouthpiece, but it's not like a, doesn't have a whistle. So you have to play it like almost like a side flute and uh, graze your breath across it. So I'm, I'm just geeking out and trying to learn the Turkish ways of uh, playing this instrument. See if I can give you guys a little example. Supposedly the note, the notes of a hijaz scale makam. But anyway, it's just a bamboo stick, and 
It's handmade. Not many machines get involved with this. And uh, this is also the instrument of uh, the Sufi. This is like, if you are familiar with Mevlana Jalalit and Rumi, Shems, their relationship, uh, the, the, the pursuit of uh, God through love, arts, and music, and re even referring to God as love. The, the, the journey, of course, during the honeymoon stage, it was, it was totally, I was lost in it. I still am, just because now I tried to play it and I didn't play it well makes me want to drop everything and uh, practice and get better at this. But what I'm learning with this is not music, but some of my roots, the Turkish way of doing things. Because the, the same notes could be played as Or you can just add a little something to it. So learning, learning those the, the column accents. And, uh, and each accent has its own story. And how pretty the, those stories are. And each of the stories are a lesson. A lesson for life. And, uh, or or a, a manual, right? Like, if there was a human manual, would we... Would we recommend jumping on someone's grave in it? I don't think so. I think we would recommend being kind and being respectful to one another. In that human manual, I don't think uh, call a bunch of names of people who you disagree with. I don't think that would be part of that manuscript. Um... I think I think the book of human and there's so many of them like if you grab the religious books they're all manuals and uh, <laughs> just like any manual just because you have the manual that doesn't mean you'll be able to build that bunk bed you you need to have some sort of readiness <laughs> you might need to have some tools to do that so it's uh just because you have the manual, that doesn't mean you're doing it right. Perhaps I'm speaking to the religious righteous just because they follow this one path. They say, hey, the other path is wrong. Or we dress up like this. If you don't dress up like this, then you're just wrong. Or if we say it like this, and if you don't say it like this, then you're just outside of that. You're wrong. Um... But whatever that manual is, I just can't agree with the school that 
celebrates someone's death. I want to finish this with a memory of mine. It was my last year in college studying psychology and our uh, department head came to uh, do the social psychology class with us. And in, in his opening speech, he said one thing that I will never forget. He said, to all of us, 40 young minds ready to take in the secrets of life from this guy. That's what we all hoped when we um, studied psychology. But you find out the secrets of life as you live through it, not by just going to school because the books don't give you all the answers that you can use on day-to-day -day life. But at the, uh, in, in, in his opening speech, he had said, there are no bad people, because the people you think ill of, who think you, you disagree with, have mothers, family members, and friends who love them as well. The reason you don't like them or you think you don't like them is because you have a conflict of inf interest with them. But at the end, they are a human, just like you and I. Professor Dr. Nuri Bilgin had told us this, and I will always remember him fondly. He passed away a handful of years ago. Great man, great scientist, a great teacher to share that deep of a knowledge with a young group of students. I don't think um, I don't think the current education system leaves room for this kind of bold statements. And by that I mean the teachers fear if they share themselves in the classroom, then it is likely that what they what a, when a complaint comes, it will come as something that they don't like about the teacher, him or herself. And uh, then it, it will become personal. Perhaps Dr. Uh, Nuri Bilgin had uh, the comfort of being the department head. But I'm glad as he was the department head, he used his knowledge to educate us the way he did. So on that note, thank you for listening if you have reached this far. As you know, my name is Engin Yeshilyamish. If you would like to share this, subscribe, you know, bring more love to these conversations. Please do. If you want to reach me, you can send an email to bookofengin at gmail.com. I would like to thank the local heroes to make all this possible. Resonator, the original Resonator. And uh, also my coach, Rich Anderson, hard-ass work, gym and fitness. 
as well as uh, gateway building and construction. Thank you all. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you soon. You just heard another episode of Book Loop Again. Goodbye. Thank you.